word of prayer before we get into the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your presence here today and your anointing. And sir, I ask that you would anoint me to speak what it is the Spirit of God would have me to say and that the ears of the people, spirits, would be anointed to hear what it is the Spirit of God is saying to us. And we thank you for it. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, over the past several weeks, we've been talking about revival. And particularly, revival in our identities. And today I want to talk about something you hear about almost every day in the news. And it's identity theft. Identity theft. Has anyone ever heard anyone talk about identity theft? It's talked about quite frequently. You know a paper shredder is used to keep thieves from stealing your identity. You know, a paper that contains your social security number or your driver's license number, your date of birth, you know, that would be put through the shredder, something like this. Social security number, driver's license number, date of birth. You would want to put that through the shredder. And that information has now been lost. So we could say that a paper shredder is a place where an identity is lost. Over the past many years, many, not all, but many influential pastors, spiritual leaders in the United States have out of a desire to be popular, shredded the identity of the church to the point that it is no longer recognizable. In many instances, the church looks more like a party center, a circus, a coffee house, or a nightclub rather than a church. The church in the United States has, by and large, lost its identity. And that's the main reason that this nation is in the mess that it's in. These influential pastors, and not all of them, but so many, have sacrificed the church's identity by shredding the very things that make the church the church. For example... The Holy Spirit and His gifts. Many pastors are ashamed, not so much of the Holy Spirit, but of His gifts and the way He manifests Himself. And so, they have taken the Holy Spirit and His gifts...
and they've shredded the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Repentance. So many do not want to tell anyone that they're wrong and they have to change. And so they've taken repentance. And the message of repentance has by and large been lost. And then the next thing is holiness. They don't want to tell anyone that they can't live a sinful life. And anything goes. And they won't tell people that it's wrong to go to movies that have four letter words running through them and taking the name of the Lord in vain and all kinds of sexual promiscuity. They don't want to tell people that. So, holiness. Has been lost. And then. Not only that. But hell and eternal judgment. You seldom hear a message on hell or eternal judgment anymore. Because it's too offensive. Too offensive. And so that too. Has been. Lost. But it doesn't stop there. The blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. So many won't preach on the blood of Jesus or the cross of Christ. They say that it's too gruesome. And so many have even taken down the symbol of the cross in the church. And so what they've done is they've, and you know this one, they're all difficult, but this one's hard to do. Hard for me to put these through the shredder up here, just written on a sheet of paper. But I'm doing this, it's hard for me to put this one through the shredder. It's really difficult, but I'm doing this to show you something. This is what's gone on in the United States. And that's what has happened. You seldom hear about the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ anymore. Too gruesome. And not only that. Doesn't stop there. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So many don't want to use that name. They're afraid that they'll offend a Muslim or a Buddhist or an atheist. Or a political figure that happens to be visiting their congregation on any given day. And they don't want to use the name of Jesus. And so, the name of Jesus too. Well, it's hard for me to do this. But I'm trying to show you something. And so, the name of Jesus has been lost. And finally, 
The Bible itself has been replaced with stories, jokes, other books, and so forth to entertain people rather than teach people the Word of God and the doctrines of the Word of God. The Bible has been replaced with stories, jokes, other books, and the like to entertain people. Instead of teach people. And so too the Bible. Has been lost. It's very sad. But you know. Once an identity has been lost. It can be very hard to get back. But it can be retrieved. It can be gotten back. And that is what must happen. The church must get her identity back. If America is going to pull out of the degradation She has fallen into the church must get her identity back. It's not easy to do, but it can and it must be done. And, you know, there are people who can actually go into shredders. And put back the shredded material. And put the document back in the original condition. It's difficult to do. Takes some time. But it can be done. And it must be done. I believe we must go into the shredder. Again, not easy to do. Have to dig around a little bit. But I believe we can get the Holy Ghost back in the church along with his gifts. (laughs) And we must. You know, Jesus said the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. We must have the Holy Ghost back. Jesus went on to say, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, strengthener and a standby, that he may remain with you forever. I need the Holy Ghost. Jesus said after he was raised from the dead, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the other most parts of the earth. I need the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want this church controlled by the Holy Ghost. And so many would say, well, we love the Holy Ghost. But you know what? You cannot separate the Holy Ghost from his gifts. 
So many would say, yeah, it's all right if the Holy Ghost is here. But I'm telling you, so many are ashamed of his gifts, the way he manifests himself. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost in any way, shape, form or fashion. I want him here and I want his gifts here. The Bible says the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. I'm thankful that the Holy Ghost flows in this place and heals people. He has for the last 21 years and he's going to keep on doing it, praise God. As long as I'm the pastor, he's running the church. We flow with him and I'm not ashamed of the power of God that heals people in this place. To another, the working of miracles. You can't have miracles apart from the Holy Spirit. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Ah, but listen now. To another, different kinds of tongues. That's where a lot of people jump off. A lot of pastors jump off the boat. But I tell you what, if you want to have the Holy Ghost along with the Holy Ghost, come speaking in other in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'll look you right in the eye and tell anybody I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is still for today. The interpretation of tongues is still for today. I'm not going to say that apologetically. I believe in the Holy Ghost and all of his manifestations. You want power in the church, you must have the Holy Ghost. And with the Holy Ghost come these nine gifts. We must allow the Holy Ghost back into the churches and into the pulpits of America. And then we must go back and get another part of our our identity as the church. Again, it's not easy to do. You have to dig around in here a little bit. But we must get back the message of repentance. The message of repentance has all all but been lost from the pulpits of America. The message of repentance must be gotten back. It means to have a change of mind, change of direction, change of conduct. Listen to this. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, when he came preaching the first words out of his mouth, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus sent out the 12 disciples, the Bible says they went out and preached that people should repent. Peter, remember him when he gave the first message to the church, one of the main themes of that message on the day of Pentecost and thereafter, he said, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And then if doesn't stop there, the apostle Paul made the statement and he said this, you know, From the first day that I came to Asia, I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly, publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We have John the Baptist. We have Jesus himself. We have the 12 disciples. We have Peter and individually and Paul, all with the same message, repent. And as you study your Bible, you'll see in in the book of Hebrews that repentance is a foundational doctrine of, of Jesus himself. I had the Spirit of God say to me many, many, several years back when I was seeking him about these things in the pulpits of America and so on. And, 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 and he didn't answer me in, in, for, for quite some time, many months, because and, 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 I was seeking him, him about this. And, and uh, uh, one day he, he spoke to my heart. This is all, all that he said, and, and he was a bit perturbed. He said, they're not teaching my doctrine anymore. Let me tell you, pastors, preachers need to be teaching the doctrines of the Word of God. Not standing in front of people telling them stories and jokes and riddles and funny little things, but standing there not as entertainers, but as men of God, saying, thus saith the Lord, and calling people to repentance. You say, well, repentance is just for the sinner. Well, certainly the message of repentance must go forth to the sinner. But as you study the book of Revelation, you'll see in chapters 2 and 3 that one of the main messages that Jesus had to the church was that of repentance. And repentance, the message of repentance must be returned to the pulpits of America. And then we must go back to get our identity. We must dig back around in here. Well, it's not going to be easy. But we must get back. What does that say? The message of holiness. The message of holiness. Listen to what the Bible says about the message of holiness. Just quoting some scriptures to you here. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's another one. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Here's another one. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Listen to this one. This one will sober you up. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one shall see The Lord. We need to listen to this. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. And holiness. And holiness. That means right living. That means right living. Pursue peace and holiness with all people. Without which no one will see the Lord. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. Therefore... Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 
And then the book of Ephesians says that he, Jesus, might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I tell you what, I do not want this church to be a lukewarm church. I want this church to be a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I want this church to be on fire with the teaching of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost and His gifts. And then, for the church to get her identity back, we must go back in here. And we must get back the message of hell and eternal judgment. Hell and eternal judgment. This is a message that you, as I said a while ago, I'll say it again, you won't hear from the pulpits of America by and large. Don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But we must... Teach the Word of God in an uncompromised way. Our Lord and Savior Jesus, when He was here upon the earth, His earthly ministry said much about heaven. And thank God there is a heaven and it's far better than being here. Much to say about heaven. But Jesus said more about hell than He did heaven. He warned more about hell and said more about it than He did about heaven. Listen to what our Lord said. He said, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, listen to that, Jesus says, and in hell, and in hell, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Let me tell you, hell is a real place. Some don't believe in hell, but just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean that it's not real. It's real, and it is so, and it is there in the inner workings, the spiritual inner workings of this earth. And it's a place of torment. I heard one say one time, well, I'm going to just go to hell and I'll have a drinking party with my buddies. But let me tell you, there's no water in hell. It's, it's called the waterless pit. There's no alcohol in hell. It's a place, it's, he said, he just, this rich man just wanted, just wanted a, a little dip of water to cool his tongue. There's no water in hell. There's no drink in hell. There, there, it's a place of darkness. It's a place of torment. And my goodness, Jesus doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That's why he died upon the cross, to keep you and me out of that place. But it is, it is a real place. And it needs to be talked about. People need to be warned. It needs to be a message that comes across the pulpits of America again. Like it once did. Notice 
In the last book of the Bible, I'll just quote this to you, read it to you. Revelation, the 20th chapter, says this. The Apostle John says, And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Dear friends, the lake of fire is real. And it is eternal. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why we must have the message of repentance being thundered from the pulpits of America, warning people that there is a hell, and telling them of the goodness of God, that it's the goodness of God that will lead you to repentance, and to repent and turn and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and place your faith in Him, and miss out on a devil's hell, and get in on a God's glorious heaven. Can anybody in the house of God say amen? Glory to God. So hell and eternal judgment needs to come back into the pulpits of America. And then to further get our identity back, we go back into this shredder where the identity of the church has been lost over the past many years. And we must bring back the teaching and the preaching of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Because it's the blood of Jesus that will keep you and me both out of a devil's hell. Listen to what the Bible says about the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. And by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, we have peace with God the Father through the blood that Jesus shed upon the cross. Listen to what the Bible says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he, Jesus, has taken them out of the way, nailing them to his cross. Listen to this one. Christ, Jesus, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or on a cross. I've got good news for you today. Jesus hung upon that cross and he bore the punishment that you and I were to bear so that we don't have to bear it. He bore it for us. And when we place our faith in him, we get credited with his righteousness. That's a good deal. Praise God forevermore. And that's the kind of good news that this church is about proclaiming and the pulpits of America need to be proclaiming. 
Listen to this from the book of Romans. The Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It justifies us. It washes our sin as though it never happened in the first place and causes us to stand before God justified just like we never sinned in the first place. That is a good deal. Listen to this, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Listen to this, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, Jesus entered the most holy place, that's up in heaven, once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Glory to God. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You see, we have access to God in heaven, God the Father, through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. But now in Christ Jesus, you who, who were once afar off have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Thank God there's something that overcomes the devil and it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of Almighty God, the word of our testimony. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the blood of Jesus. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. The song goes, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Real out, say, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to get this identity back. I want to get this identity back. I want to get the identity of church back. I want, I, I want it back. I want it back in the pulpits of America. It's the only thing that can save America. You must understand that. And then we go back into the shredder one more time. Where the identity of the church is laid in ruins for many years now. And we must get back... The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this name, I want to tell you something. There's something about the name of Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus. I tell you what, the devil does not like the name of Jesus. Demon power does not like the name of Jesus. 
Sickness and disease does not like the name of Jesus. And people throughout the centuries have tried to stamp out the name of Jesus. They've tried to eradicate the name of Jesus. They've tried to do away with the name of Jesus. Even in the days of the apostles in the early church, the Bible says that they, the religious leaders who did not know God, but were only interested in themselves, they called Peter and John and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Because you see, there's something about that name. There's something about that name. Listen to what the Bible says about the precious name of Jesus. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. That's Jesus. And given him a name, the name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says of the name of Jesus, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus can save you and his precious blood. I don't care what any other preacher has said. I don't care what anybody else has ever said. But I'm telling you what the Bible says, that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Buddha will not save you. Allah will not save you. Muhammad will not save you. Joseph Smith will not save you. The God of the Jehovah's Witnesses will not save you. There's only one that can save you. His name is Jesus Christ and he sits at the right hand of power on high. And I come here today unapologetically saying to you that there is only one way to access heaven and that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the blood of uh, uh, that he shed on the cross. I don't care what Oprah Winfrey tells you. I don't care what this one tells you. Well, I feel the anointing. I don't care what that one tells you. I, I don't care if they say, well, there's many ways to heaven. No, there's not many ways to heaven. There's many ways to hell, but there is only one way to heaven. And I say it unapologetically and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth there the son of almighty God there is no other name under heaven given among men where my by we must be saved glory to God forevermore hallelujah praise God thank God for the anointing the Holy Ghost on me praise God we need some Holy Ghost preaching back in this nation. I said we need some Holy Ghost preaching back in this nation. The entertainment needs to be driven out. And the Word of God needs to prevail and abound from the pulpits of America. Glory to God forevermore. The boldness of men and women of God need to return. The Bible says, as many as received Jesus, to them God gave the right, the privilege, the 
power to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name, which were born. You must be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. How do you get born again? By believing upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in an instant of time, the Holy Ghost will hit your spirit and it will save you and you'll be born again. What The waters of baptism won't save you. Taking Holy Communion won't save you. Confessing to a priest won't save you. There's only one thing that will save you and that's repentance from your old life and saying, Jesus, come into my heart and whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord in an instant of time will be saved and miss hell and make heaven. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I believe in water baptism, but it won't save you. I believe in taking Holy Communion, but it won't save you. There's only one thing that will save you, and it's the name of Jesus. You can give all the money you've got to the church, and that won't save you. You can have your name written on all the rolls of all the churches in the land, and that won't save you. You can have all the big-name preachers know who you are, and that won't save you. There's only one thing that will save you, and that's simple childlike faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Glory to God. But as many as received Jesus, to them He gave power to become children of God, even to those that believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. And His power is not only for salvation, but His name, as I said, gives power for salvation, but His name is also for healing the sick. Don't tell me that healing's passed away. I've seen too many people healed right in this church under the power of God by using the name of Jesus. The Bible says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven. That's good news. There's power in the name of Jesus to save you. And there's power in the name of Jesus to heal you. Glory to God. The Bible says, Jesus said this, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. Listen to this. In my name. In my name. The believers shall cast out devils. I'm telling you the devil and demon power are afraid of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's just something about that name. I'm here today to tell you because I know I've worked in the public school system. And, and the, there's, let me tell you what, there's darkness in the public school system. I know I've been there. Now, there's some light in there, all right? There's some people in there. There's some principals and teachers in there that are Christians. And thank God for the, the light that is there. But most of it lay in darkness. And in the universities in this land, so many of them. So many of them started out as Christian institutions, but they're no longer that today. This nation started out as a Christian nation, 
But not long ago, our president said that this is no longer a Christian nation. We've lost our identity. We must get that identity back. And it will not come back through who is elected in this next election. But it will come back by us praying the power of God back into the pulpits of America. Can anybody say amen? Many Christian institutions started out as Christian, but they've moved away just like this nation has moved away. I want to tell you, there's many pastors in this nation that once were Holy Ghost filled powerful ministers of the gospel, but but they've turned aside wanting to entertain people and wanting the accolades of people. A true man of God doesn't care about the accolades of men or women or boys or girls. The only thing a Holy Ghost preacher wants is for God Himself, Jesus, to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You can't be a man of God and try to please people. It won't work. Most men of God I read about in this Bible did not please people. Most men of God, in fact, all the men of God, the prophets of old and into the apostles, they didn't please people. They didn't please men, but they pleased God. Glory to God. Universities have moved away that once were Christian. The nation has lost its identity By the words of our president some time ago when he said it was no longer a Christian nation. And I know having taught in the public schools, you go in there and you say, Buddha. You go in there and you say, Confucius. You can even go in there and say, Allah. Or Muhammad. Our Joseph Smith, who is at the head of the Mormon organization. And nothing. But you go in there and you say the name of Jesus or you write the name of Jesus on a marker board or put it up on a, on a display somehow and you will have a riot on your hands. Why is that? Because there's something about the name of Jesus. And when something lay in darkness, when that name of Jesus... You see, Jesus defeated the devil through his death, burial, and resurrection. And the, the demon powers of darkness are afraid of that name of Jesus. Because with that name of Jesus comes light and power. And when you say the name of Jesus, I tell you what, you get everybody that, that doesn't know God or love God, you get them all stirred up. There's something about that name. But I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. He is my Lord and He is my Savior. And you shouldn't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. I wonder wonder when the last time is you've seen anything like that in a... Church service. I've been here 21 years. Pastoring this church. And on three occasions. We've cast a demon out of somebody. Three times in 21 years. No it doesn't happen all the time. We run with God. We don't run with the devil. We run with God. But the devil will rear his ugly head. 
This man right here one day, I don't know if you remember, but many years ago, standing right up here on, on this spot up here, there was a woman that came in and she had a demonic spirit within her. And I can do nothing. I'm helpless without Jesus and without the Holy Ghost and without the name of Jesus. But we laid our hands on her and commanded the demon power to leave her in Jesus' name. And no more than I touched her in that name of Jesus, that demon power left her. She fell on the floor like a sack of salt. I remember him telling me, he said the hair stood up on the back of his neck and it stood up on the back of my neck. I tell you what, without Jesus, I'm going to run behind my wife and hide. But when the name of Jesus and the power of God is on me, bless. God, I'll tell you what, I'll swing right over hell on a rope and spit in the devil's eye. Can you say amen? No, it doesn't happen all the time. But we've dealt with demon power in here over the years on a couple of occasions. And far more than that, we've seen people healed by the power of God in the name of Jesus time and time and time and time again. Just a few weeks ago, a little boy stood right in here about 11 years old crying. Jesus healed his knee. Jesus is still in the healing business. I can't heal anybody, but Jesus, he's the healer. And you want to go to a church where they believe in the name of Jesus and the power of Almighty God. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. These signs will follow them that believe in my name, Jesus said. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. There it is again. They'll take up serpents. That doesn't mean snake handling. You bring a snake in here, I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. It's talking about demon power. And if they drink anything deadly... It shall not hurt them. That doesn't mean you take poison to try to prove anything. But if you've eaten in some of the restaurants I've eaten in over the years, you better pray over your food in the name of Jesus. Is this too strong for you today? If you're visiting, it may not be all always quite this bold, but Sometimes the Holy Ghost is on me in an unusual way. and You've got one of those today. They shall lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. And they shall recover. It's interesting when Jesus sent out his twelve disciples. Said they went out preaching everywhere that men should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick. The message of salvation should go forth first. But there's also a message of healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus. And I don't want just half of this Bible or just a part of it. I want the whole thing. And don't let anybody come and lie to you and tell you that some of it's passed away and done away. No, when people tell you that, all they're telling you is that they haven't lived up to the Word of God. And so what they do, you see, you have the Word of God and you have the experience of man. And when man's experience doesn't live up to the Word of God, 
uh, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to water the Word of God down and say, this doesn't mean that, and this doesn't mean that, and this doesn't mean that, and this went away when the last apostle died, and the next thing you know, you've watered the Word of God down to your experience. Don't do that. Don't sit under ministries that water the Word of God down for your or their convenience. No, rather what you do is there's the standard of the Word of God, and you obey God and flow with the Spirit of God until your experience moves up and matches the Word of God. Can you say amen? And then finally, to get our identity back, we must go back into the shredder and we must pull out the B-I-B-L-E. It's still the book for me. Why do we need the Bible? Why can't we just teach out of the Reader's Digest? Why can't we just teach out of Time Magazine or some other? Why? Because there's no power. There's no life in Reader's Digest or Time Magazine. This book is a living book. It was authored by Almighty God. And it's still just as alive today as it's ever been. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you have the Bible, you have light. You know, we've been studying... I've been studying for my class on Wednesday nights, Heroes of Faith, and I've gone back and I've looked at the Dark Ages from about 500 A.D. to 1500 A.D. And you know what made the Dark Ages the medieval times? What made the Dark Ages the Dark Ages was that the Bible was kept in Latin and it was kept out of the vernacular and the language of the common man so that they couldn't understand it. Thank God that he rose up Men like John Wycliffe and Huss and, and Martin Luther and others who put the Bible into the hands of the people in their own language and thus it broke the power of darkness that laid upon the land. And so too we need the Bible going forth from the pulpits of America because at the entrance of his word there is light. The Bible says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's your only offense, offensive piece of armory in the armor of God. Say the word of God is the sword of the spirit. You can take the word of God and you can cut the devil every which way but, but loose. You don't need to be afraid of the devil when you have the word of God in the name of Jesus. You, you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you, the Bible says. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. And I like perhaps best of all when the Holy Ghost said through the Apostle Paul to the young pastor Timothy, he said to him, he said, preach the word. And that's what I've done to you today. As you can see, I haven't come here today to win friends and influence people. I haven't come here today to entertain you or to tell you jokes. I came here today on an assignment by the Holy Ghost under the anointing of God. And I've done one thing. I've preached the Word of God to you. Real loud, say, preach the Word. word. Say it again, preach the Word. word. One more time, preach the the Word. Dear friends, we need the Word of God going forth first and foremost in this nation. Now let me close this message. As I stated at the beginning, 
Once an identity has been lost, it can be very difficult to get back. But it can be gotten back, and it must be gotten back. Now, I don't say this to pat myself on the back, but the Spirit of God warned me years ago when we started the church to never leave, to never leave the things that I've talked to you about. Now, I haven't been perfect, far from it. But one thing that I have done is I've always endeavored to flow with the Holy Spirit and His gifts. To teach the message of repentance and holiness and hell and eternal judgment. To teach about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the name of Jesus. And though I haven't been perfect, I've done my best to never leave the Bible. And many men and women have walked away from me over the years, but one thing, I have never left the Word of God. And I can lay my head on the pillow at night, knowing that I've told them the truth. Because you see, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And much of the church of the United States, listen to this now, much of the church of the United States has become like Samson. After his hair had been cut off. In a weakened condition. Listen to this. Much of the church in the United States, not all. We're not the only good churches. Many of them in the land. But much of the church. Many of the churches. I'm talking some of the biggest influential ones. Even in this city. They become like Samson after his hair had been cut off. In a weakened condition. Without vision. Samson had his eyes put out and he was tied between the pillars, being made fun of by the Philistines. Think of that. Powerful man of God. Perhaps one of the most powerful in the Bible. Strength. But he got away from what he was supposed to be doing. And in the process of time, his hair was cut off. He was weakened. He lost his eyes. And now the sinners are making fun of him, laughing at him. But the Bible says that his hair began to grow again after it had been shaven. And Samson repented. And the church can and must repent. And the strength of God will come back to it once again like it once was. Just like the strength came back to Samson, it can come back to the church. Alexis de Tocqueville, a 19th century French political thinker and historian came and visited the United States in 1831. And when he first got here, he said, he said this, Upon my arrival in the United States, the religious aspect of the country was the first thing that struck my attention. Listen to that. 1831. It's not like that anymore. It needs to be like that. It needs to get back to that. And it can get back to that. And like I said, it won't get back to that by who, who's sitting in the Oval Office. It gets back to that by who's standing behind these holy desks in the United States. I'm not saying the president's not important. I'm just saying that the, 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 the pulpits of the nation is where the change will come. He said, upon my arrival in the United States... The religious aspect of the country was the first thing that struck my attention. Now listen to this. He said, I sought for the key to the greatness and genius of America in her harbors. It was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests. And it was not there. In her rich mines and vast world commerce. 
and it wasn't there. He sought for America's greatness and genius in her public school system and institutions of learning. I sought for it in her democratic congress and in her matchless constitution, but it wasn't there. Listen to what he said. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of America's genius and power. And all I've tried to do today is to let you know that the church has lost its identity, but it can be gotten back, it must be gotten back, if this nation is to have a chance and to pull itself out of the degradation that it's fallen into. And as you leave here today, I want you to remember that you did not get entertained. But I trust that you've been moved by the Holy Spirit and His power and His boldness and that you remember the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you would. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to ask my assistant to come. And just briefly close up the service. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I like everyone's minds and thoughts. Pondering what you've heard today. And if you're here today and you do not know this Jesus that 